Hello, everyone, and welcome to another great edition of Talking Tigs. I'm your host, Scott Gerard, joined as always by my co host, Tommy Johnson and Daniel Zonger. Got a good one for you today. We got uh, LSU basketball. Uh, had a difficult week, we'll say. We'll get into that. Uh, baseball started things off this weekend with the series against Indiana. Uh, which they actually uh, they took the series two to one. We will get into that as well. There was also some basketball recruiting news, some football news, and uh, anything else that we're going to talk about. Anything that comes up, a little lanyat for you as always. Um, but as our usual public service announcement, just wanted to remind you guys: uh, if you're not already following us on Twitter, please do so at Talking Tigs. Uh, we're also on Facebook as the Talking Tigs Podcast, and we are on iTunes and Spotify as well. So, guys, uh, it was a pretty busy week, a lot of sports going on in, uh, in South Louisiana, uh, but I want to see how you guys are doing. So, uh, so, so how's it going? It's going pretty good, just getting ready for Mardi Gras coming up uh, next week and, you know, enjoying this a little bit of a lull, but we got basketball kind of heating up towards the end of the season, and then baseball uh, started off, you know, yeah, uh, Friday and Saturday. So, uh, a lot going on here. Indeed. Yeah. Love was in the air, uh, especially if you're in love with LSU baseball. <laughs> they they kicked off their season on Valentine's Day on Friday uh, with a nice win. Kind of a, a mixed bag overall between the, the basketball and the baseball, but we'll dive into that. And then I had a good time with the Mardi Gras parades last night, kind of coming down from that. But uh, happy to be here with y'all. Amen. Uh, so let's let's get into this uh, this basketball team because I'm I don't know I'm just having a hard time figuring them out right now. Um, so they went one and one for the week. They they beat Missouri, eighty two seventy eight, but then they lost to Alabama, eighty eight to eighty two. Um, I don't know. Just watching the the Missouri game, it it kind of looked like uh, you know the reverse of last week. Missouri was kind of. I don't know, they're kind of in control of that one for, for a good while, but then LSU kind of fought back and, and took the game late. Uh, I think maybe being at home probably helped them. Uh, but I just don't think it, you know, it should have even been that close. I mean, Missis, or, uh, Missouri is, you know, they're 11-13. and 13. They had a, They were one of the worst teams in the SEC, but LSU had a problem with them. They, I think they're up by as much as 12 in the second half. Um, so I don't know, guys. Uh, you know, if you're able to watch the game, definitely, you know, give me some insight here. But um, I don't know. It, it's it was good that LSU had, I think, five starters in double digits. But I don't know. They, I just don't feel like they should be having this much trouble with somebody like Missouri. Um, can can anyone figure out this this LSU basketball team right now? Uh, I don't know. I mean, you can pretty much call it what it is in a slump right now. They're one and three in the last uh, four games, and their only win is against a fairly kind of lowly Missouri team. And then uh, they lost yesterday, Saturday, to Alabama. And so that's kind of a bummer. It, the, se- the season was going so well with uh, 10 wins in a row, and then now I just kind of hit the wall here. I don't know maybe whether we're just kind of getting exposed as just kind of an average team on a heater run or whether just there's some other, like, metal block. I mean, one thing you can just point to is, like, three-point shooting. We were doing pretty well at the beginning of the year, and now we're you watch the games, and sometimes it looks like the other team puts a lid on the bucket. We just can't buy anything. Uh, we'll go, like, long stretches without making any shots, which is pretty rough to see. Um, but it's hard to, to point out really one kind of key thing where the Tigers are struggling with. So 
the I guess the silver lines. We've still got six weeks left, or six six games, not six weeks left in the the regular season before the SEC tournament. So they have some time to kind of turn things around and get it going for the postseason, which is kind of really all that matters in basketball, at least. True, true. What you got, Tommy? I mean, I, I think that you kind of uh, you said it, Daniel. It's a slump, and it's not what you like to see, especially kind of going into the home stretch. But uh, I mean, you, you know, Missouri. Not a great team. Alabama, definitely not a great basketball team. Um, I mean, especially after after watching them really put it on them uh, when we played them the first time uh, this year. Uh, I mean, that was uh, – Daniel, you remember we, we watched that game. Really excited. I know we were talking about it. Right. Um, I mean, when, they, when they first played Alabama, it was uh, – you know, they, they were running all over them. Um, so it's, it's disappointing to watch, but – the good news about basketball is that, you know, one game – in football, if you lose one game, especially if you lose, like, an important game or a, an SEC game or something like that, that could be your season. In, uh, in basketball, you know, there's, a lot, there's more opportunities and you can get hot, especially if you get hot at the right time, um, that anything's really possible. So, uh, you know, it's kind of like, like uh, this time last year, you know, we were leading the SEC in, in the regular season – but then ended up falling short in the tournament. Maybe this, maybe this year, you know, we we fall a little bit short in the regular season, but then, uh, you know, come away with it at the tournament. Yeah, and that would be other, great. I was gonna start not to interrupt, but one other thing that's kind of good for us is that there's no real like dominant teams in the SEC this year. Like Kentucky, or I guess you could point to Auburn as being the kind of the clear front runner, and then Kentucky, and then there's not really much after that. So, and Auburn's been exposed before, so. There's definitely room for a team like LSU to kind of slip through and make a run deep. Yeah, and uh, funny you mention it because that's what I was going to say is Auburn got exposed this weekend. I mean, I think it was LSU's turn to do it. They just they just couldn't uh, you know pull off the win in Auburn. But uh, Missouri Missouri beat them by double digits. I mean, it was at home, but still, this is the same Missouri team that that we could barely beat. Um, and I don't know. It's uh, it's it's just really weird. It's if you've watched these games. You know, LSU had multiple opportunities to win the Auburn game. I feel like they they also had um, – I, I don't know about the Vanderbilt game as much because I, I think we, we all agreed that was probably just, you know, a wash, a fluke. But now we're starting to see, all right, maybe, you know, maybe there is something wrong with the team. But they each one of these games they lost by, like, less than 10 points. And, and like, LSU had four games this season where they were losing by, I don't know, I think – I think it was double digits with like the six minute mark and they came back and won all four of them and they were down by 18 to Alabama at that point. But then they came back and got it within two, but then they just, they couldn't hold on. And like you said, uh, it's like LSU can't buy a three late, but it seems other teams can just score at will. You know, those halftime shots that they let the students do to win money. If, if I was one of these teams, I would just make them my uh, my fifth man and put these students in because it seems <laughs> like they could probably hit these three points on LSU because uh, they just don't defend it. I think I said last week um, it seemed like Auburn was going to live and die with the three, but I think that's any team against LSU. Uh, I don't know if that's really a game plan, but if I was playing them, it would work because LSU simply cannot defend on the perimeter, or at least they can't sustain it. It's like they are great in the paint defensively, and offensively, like Skylar Mays and uh, Trenton Watford, they can crash the board, and that's what keeps LSU in these games. And um, I, I don't know, it's just they, they can't defend the long ball for whatever reason. Um, but I, I still think that 
I don't know. Maybe maybe they can pull it together and make a run, like you said, Tommy, um, because it is pretty even across the league. Uh, I don't think there is a dominant team. I don't know if there's a dominant team in, in basketball in general. Yeah, exactly. Um, but LSU has to be able to close out games, and they're not doing that. And I think that falls on Will Wade with the defense because there always seems to be somebody open to knock down a three just when LSU, like, fights back. And, and Will Wade kind of changed up his defense. He was like full-court press in Alabama, and that's how they got back in the game. Got it down to a two-point lead, but then, I don't know, after that, it just kind of got away from him. I mean, there are some, some spotty calls here or there, but it's, it's not all in the refs. Um, uh, I think LSU, I thought Charles, having Charles Manning back would help, but I don't know. I don't, I don't think uh, Will Wade's had an opportunity to, like, figure out what his best defense is with the guys he has. So it's, it's probably a work in progress. And I, I don't know, you would think that they could make the tournament. We would think so, but I think they would have to, to win out. I don't think it matters what they do in the SEC tournament. If they, if they can win a majority of their games, they'll probably make it to the tournament. Not as a good seed, yeah. of course, but um, I don't know if they would need the tournament to make the, the – tur- make the, um, I don't think they would need the SEC tournament to make the big dance. So, as long as they can play good throughout and hit the tournament with a good stride, maybe they can do something. But having watched this last week and a half of LSU basketball, I would not fill out my bracket to favor them in any way. So, and, yeah. and real, I mean, probably the real litmus test will be this Tuesday uh, as LSU takes on number 12, Kentucky. So, it's at home, know, right? At home, yep. At the PMAC. Yeah, it'll be you know hopefully hopefully that'll help out playing them playing them at home, um, but you know like you said earlier the real classes of the SEC are Kentucky and Auburn. We took Auburn to you know to overtime to the last shot of the game. Um, at the t- you know at that time we thought I guess we thought LSU was a was a, a better team than than they played or they're definitely a more talented team on paper than they played the past two games, but. Let's hope they can uh, show up against Kentucky, and you know that'd be a real statement win for us. For sure. And then uh, I guess one good thing is they may have a little bit of help coming next year. The addition of a big name. Do tell with an even, with an even bigger dad. <laughs> That's true. Uh, so uh, Sharif O'Neal, who we discussed, he was either last week or the week before here on the podcast. Son of LSU and NBA legend uh, Shaquille O'Neal has officially announced that he's transferring to LSU from UCLA. So I believe he'll be eligible next year. Uh, I, th- I think they're still kind of sorting that out stuff. Um, but he, yeah, was a, he's a sophomore at UCLA, didn't play much last year, played kind of sparingly this year. He, had, well, he didn't play at all last year, I think, because he had a, a heart condition. And so hopefully that's sorted out for him. Um, I guess if he's still on the court, then obviously they're not thinking there's too much of a risk. But he is a, he's a big guy. I think he's 6'9". And uh, definitely looking to bolster the Tigers next year. Although I wonder how it kind of weighs on him. I guess there's a mixture of kind of pride and apprehension to be playing on the same court that your dad is like a legend at with his statue outside the stadium. But good to have him at least. Yeah, and I, I think I can assure our listeners that because of his dad and his status and his success, uh, there was probably not a, quote, strong-ass offer <laughs> out to him. He came on his own free will and volition uh, because I think he, he saw, you know what, <laughs> I mean, he came from UCLA, and you think, how does LSU get his recruit from, you know, a, a traditional basketball school? But LSU, or UCLA is pretty much like Missouri right now. I think they're 11 and 13, 11 and 14, something like that. So he's 
I guess he probably wanted to get off a sinking ship, and among other reasons. But uh, yeah, I don't know. He probably should have came to LSU to begin with, but he grew up in Los Angeles and was at UCLA, so you know that kind of makes sense to me. Um, I, but yeah, I, I can't wait to see what he can bring. I don't. He uh, he was a redshirt freshman at UCLA this year, so I think he'll. Uh, I guess he'll be a redshirt sophomore when he gets here. I don't know how the transfer rules work. If they can play right away or what. Do you, do you do you guys know? I, I don't know exactly with the new. I assume the the transfer portal rules are you know would apply in, in, in a similar fashion, but um, I'm not as good on the the transfer. You know, like in in football, if he were to enter the transfer portal, if they would go to the go to the NCAA, I think they would you know, as we've seen in the past uh, over the past year with football. He'd be ruled eligible immediately, probably, you know, most likely, because that's how everybody is. And then he'd play, you know, I guess next year. Um, I don't know if that's exactly how it works, but I would, I, I, th- I would think that those, um, that the transfer rules that we have right now, uh, you know, ap- apply in a similar way to basketball. Yeah. yeah, I just don't know how that works. I know it is, it is different. Um, but yeah, I mean, if if uh, if he could start playing, I'd be. That'd be great. I mean, he's he's a big kid. Uh, obviously, uh, he came from from Shaq. But um, uh, yeah, I just I don't know if there's too much known about him. I mean, I know he played a little bit. He, the numbers weren't great, but uh, you know, I, I don't know much enough about UCLA basketball to know whether that's him or them. Uh, but looking forward to it. Uh, it's, a, it's a big name recruit anyway. Um, I mean, if anything, it'll just be cool. <laughs> yeah, Shaq, you know, Shaq will be there probably you know, watching some games and. Uh, you know, to have O'Neal on the court. I mean, that's. I think regardless if he's, you know, he might be a bust, but I hope not. But even if he's, if even if he is, you know, just let him come out there and be Shaq's son. It'd be cool. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so switching now to LSU baseball, who opened up their season uh, with a series against the Indiana Hoosiers at home at the box, uh, and they actually came away with the uh, with the series. They won two games out of three. Uh, so the Tigers took the first one, eight to one, on Friday night. Strong performance, great Valentine's Day date, probably if you went. Uh, and then they took the second, uh, which is the first game of a doubleheader, seven to four. And then they lost the second one, uh, seven to two. Um, I guess they moved the game up because of weather concerns. But um, all in all, a, a great weekend at the box. I mean, LSU. Started the series with the win. Um, that was their 19th straight opening series uh, win for the Tigers, 19 seasons in a row, which is amazing. Um, I didn't get to watch too much of it, but uh, I, I could see some LSU's pitchers were back and just throwing the heat. Uh, man, they brought it. And uh, watching Jaden Hill strikeout guys was awesome, too, because uh, he was one of those guys that came back from injury. Um, but were, you, were you guys able to watch uh, a little bit of the games? Yeah, I watched a, a large portion of the first one. Um, didn't catch the double header. Uh, kind of wanted to go. I, I wanted to go. Wanted to make my way over there, but um, didn't get a chance to. But I mean, yeah, the, that first game winning eight to one. Uh, I mean, that, yeah, that's always great. You put up a lot of crooked numbers on the scoreboard in baseball. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you know Cole Henry, who's the ace, kind of coming back from last year. Um, you know, question, kind of questions about our uh, our pitching towards the end of last year, and you know, an eight, uh, give it, only giving up one run, as, you know, as a team, that's uh, that's always great. <laughs> so nice way to open it up. It's all it's always good to to take a series, um, you know, and, I, and 
and doubleheaders kind of is is tough. Some so on a team, especially to open the year with a doubleheader. So I'm I'm not concerned by uh, taking two or three against uh, you know a pretty good Indiana team. Yeah, I didn't really get a chance to watch hardly any of it. Kind of had some personal stuff going on, which is which is all good. But I was keeping up with the the games, and yeah, so good to see the Tigers open up strong. Wish they could have swept the series, but uh, that's kind of how it goes in baseball. You you take a series win where you can get it. Um, and but yeah, it looks looks like this team is doing good. The the holdovers from last year, Cabrera and uh, Garza and Beloso, uh, starting out strong. So. It's good to see them step up into the leadership roles um, kind of left by the departure of some the big stars like Zach Watson or uh, uh, Antoine Duplantis, uh, who left after this past year. So good uh, weekend at the box. I'm sure all the fans there uh, had a good time. I think the weather was pretty good. Uh, they played the doubleheader. And, yeah, looking forward to, to more series. I know they got a couple games this week. I think they play Nickel State uh, in Thibodeau, so that's a, a big one for the locals uh, down on the bayou. And then I think they play Eastern <laughs> Kentucky maybe in a series uh, upcoming, so that'll be interesting. Hopefully they uh, knock them out of the park. But Dude, Are you going to go to that game in Thibodeau? I, I might, actually. I, I live near uh, there, and so some of my friends from around here, I assume, are going to be raring to go, so I might check that out. I think they play on Wednesday uh, just a one game at Nichols, so that'll be fun for us. Yeah, that'd be a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, so what I saw in that first game, it's got me a little bit excited. I know it's the first game, but uh, Saul Garza kind of came on strong towards the end of last season, and he, he opened this first game with a, with a nice home run. But who else did was true freshman and highly touted recruit Cade Doughty, and, or Doughty, whichever you prefer. But he, his first <laughs> college career at bat, was a dinger and mm-hmm. you know it just doesn't get any better than that so uh, yeah i saw that of, one uh, i know that's a, that's a lot it's something to good to look forward to because um you know uh, one of the things that was kind of concerning towards the end of last season was just lsu's offense um you know getting getting spotty towards the end but at least these first two games they scored eight and seven runs so uh, i mean i hope they got it figured out i know they lost game two or game three seven to two but uh uh, the offense looked good at least these first two games. You know, they, I mean, they squandered some opportunities, but uh, you know, I think that's going to happen a little bit in baseball. But a uh, lot, a lot of a uh, lot of freshmen look good on their first time out. That's all I had. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't we don't need to dive too deep into the baseball analysis, but I think it's a good way to start. Yeah, they got so for the upcoming schedule, they got Southern uh, at home, so Battle of Baton Rouge. On Tuesday, February 18th, and then at Nickel State on Wednesday, and then they got a homestand series against Eastern Kentucky Friday, Saturday, Sunday, 21st to the 23rd. So that's what you should tune into if you're a, a Tiger baseball fan. Mm-hmm. Um, and there is actually some 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 football news that kind of trickled out this week. Not much, but just enough to to mention. Uh, but the 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 football team announced that they were gonna have a not a home and home but a, a neutral site series with FSU. Uh they're going to play one game in New Orleans and one game in Orlando. Uh and I think that's great. Uh LSU has kind of been one of the better teams in the country, but definitely the SEC as far as scheduling some, you know, some marquee games outside the conference instead of just uh, you know, scheduling pre- cream puffs at home. I'm not going to mention any teams that might do that, but they, they do reside in the SEC West. 
Uh, but LSU's been really good at that, and this kind of just continues. Scott, that. don't pa- don't pile on to Arkansas. They've already got enough trouble. <laughs> I'm not gonna. I didn't mention Arkansas, so you can't pin that on me. Um, I, normally, I would just to because we had a rivalry, but that that Golden Boot rivalry is kind of dormant right now. So I would not be picking on Arkansas, Tommy. Um, <laughs> I mean, think think a little further east, maybe. Mm. You had the right first letter though. Uh, <laughs> But had the right color know, scheme too. Was that had the right color scheme too? Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, what do you think about this series? I think it's a. Uh, I don't know. I would say oh, this is a great series, but we kind of need FSU to come out of the basement for this to be a good game. I think. What, what say you? Um, I, I think it's exciting. You know, I think uh, anytime you can, you get a, a series or uh, against, you know, like a, a good program like like Florida State. Um, you know that's always kind of fun and good exposure for the program. Good and even even in the in the eyes of the committee, in the eyes of the press, even when some certain teams are down, um, you know there's still that kind of legacy that uh, that plays into that into that matchup. So that's good for you, uh, good for you nationally as far as ranking goes. Um, you know as long as they're not a, a no win team that year. You know, it's going to help out, like we saw with Texas, where you know that Texas game was built up to be really, really uh, a, a really, really highly touted game, and then we saw Texas kind of just become an, a mediocre team towards the end. But as Coach O said earlier, uh, you know, earlier recapping the season, that was a pivotal win for us. So, um, you know, I think it'll be fun. Uh, they got uh, FSU as that new coach. Um, who is looking to turn turn things around? I've heard from you know Mike Norvell. Um, I've heard from uh, a guy who, who's uh, who's close to some recruits. He he uh, is a coach, and he's uh, had some recruits uh, that were actually recruited by Norvell um, for FSU. And you know he he says that the from what he's heard, you know the the culture's changing. It's uh, you know they're really trying to uh he's he's going to be a good guy to build that build back that program so you know hopefully um we'll get fsu by the time we play them we get fsu you know closer to closer to the way they were when they were winning championships and then that's a that can be a quality win for us mm-hmm. yeah just like you said even if florida state's not the world beaters that they were at times in their past it's still a marquee matchup like you said with texas um or kind of, I guess, a comparable program at this point would be something like USC, um, a team that's been really good but is not really on the top of their game, which is kind of interesting because in 2021 and also 2024, which kind of sandwiches these two games, we play UCLA in the home-and-home. So the games now with Florida State in 2022-2023 kind of fill out our schedule for the next long time, really, because we got, as far as kind of marquee non-conference games, because we got Texas again this year, obviously, then UCLA after that, then Florida State the next two, then UCLA again, and then we actually have Clemson in a home and home on the 2025 and 6 season, which is years and years away. The players at LSU are like in eighth grade right now who will be playing in those games. <laughs> but uh, it's, uh, at least they're they're looking to not just have the East West uh, Missouri State like on the the schedule, and then so you can at least point to something when it comes down to making decisions in the playoffs. Although it can bite you if you lose those games, obviously, but then it definitely bolsters your resume on the other end with a, a key win. But I'm excited about it, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and uh, I mean, you guys both mentioned Texas this year, and I, I know they didn't 
finish as strong as they looked, you know, when they played us. But I mean, what could they do? You know, they'd already lost their Super Bowl when they played LSU at home, and you know how teams aren't motivated in the bowl game. I think that was the same thing. They probably just weren't motivated the rest of the season because they'd already, you know, blew it all when they lost to LSU. That's my hot take, anyway. But um, I, I kid, of course. Uh, but LSU did have some uh, some other personnel news. Um, they had a, a defensive lineman come back into the fold, Justin Thomas. He was uh, kind of suspended from the team, but I guess he's worked his, his way back into Coach O's good graces, and uh, he's going to rejoin the team, which uh, which should help them with some, some depth along that, that defensive line because they will need it. Um, so there's that. But um, – there's also some good news for all of you recruiting buffs out there. Uh, I don't know. Did you guys see? <laughs> did you see uh, Caleb Williams uh, post a new Twitter profile picture? Uh, just wondering if you guys took a gander. I did see uh, his. Uh... Oh, Tommy is uh, having technical difficulties. Oh, he's coming in and out. He's coming in and out. Well, we'll... But uh, yeah, Caleb Williams is a 2021. He's the number one dual threat quarterback oh. in the country. <laughs> Yeah, Caleb Williams, he posted a picture of himself in the LSU locker room in the uniform, kind of just lounging, just laying down. He's got the Tiger helmet next to him. He's throwing up the L. So I guess he, he looks comfortable in his, his LSU uniform. So that's good to see, although there's some rumors that he might be kind of leaning in Oklahoma, but I don't really know about that. So hopefully he yeah. stays focused on LSU. I know he's one of our top targets, and uh, if we can pull him, then that'll definitely solidify Maybe not definitely, but hopefully solidify our, our quarterback future. Yeah, I mean, they say, okay, oh, I'm, you back? Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, so, he, I mean, he yeah, he still wants to go to Oklahoma. I don't know. I mean, I, unless this guy's the next Zach Thomas, I don't see how posting this photo would give Oklahoma any indication that he would be, you know, considering them still. I mean, all that's missing from this picture that I see is a bearskin rug. Maybe a, a little fire in the background, but um, it looks like it's a, a Valentine's pose for him in LSU. That's that's what it looks like to me. Uh, Tommy, wh- what about you, man? What do you think about it? I'm just back from the void of technical difficulties, yeah, and uh, so I mean, I think it's great. Uh, you know, I know from uh, from firsthand from some uh, some inside sources that you know he's he's clearly the number one you know number one prospect for for LSU in the future. Um, not just a quarterback, but just in general. And, you know, him showing this kind of interest is, is great. But, um, you know, kind of like I think Daniel was alluding to with, you know, some of his, the talk about Oklahoma or whatever, you know, these, these recruits, especially with the way that they do, with the way they play with social media and, and kind of go back and forth, um, you know, they're always teasing different schools and they'll, you know, post a picture. You know, you don't, I wouldn't be surprised if you see them in a couple months or a couple weeks with a different jersey on saying, you know, you know, whatever, Boomer Sooner or whatever. So, um, I hope, I hope he sticks. He's, he's cool. You know, it's not, uh, we've still got a long way to go before he makes his decision. But, um, and I think that, you know, next year's season and next year's transition away from Joe Brady and away from Burrow and see how we can continue the program will be, um, big for, for keeping him. But I like to see the early interest, and you know, it's a it's a fun looking photo. So, um, you know, good for him. Yeah, um, and there was uh, there's something else that uh, kind of came out. I don't know. They wouldn't really uh, 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 anything changed uh, 
just kind of like, I guess, rumors um, that maybe running backs coach Tommy Robinson might go to South Carolina, but I I don't know. That's that doesn't even seem like a lateral move to me. That seemed like it would be a a step down unless he's they're going to give him the reins to the offense and he's going to be the offensive coordinator. Um, ben, did you guys hear that? Because Coach O had to come out and say, well, if that happens, we have a plan in place. You guys yeah, I have, I have heard that, and I've heard that the plan in place is Kevin Falk to be the, wide, to uh, be the running backs coach. Okay. So, I mean, I think that'd be pretty cool. Um, sure. You know, I don't necessarily want it to happen, but uh, I'd, love to be, I'd love to have Kevin Falk in, you know, more involved in the offense as well. So, yeah, instead of just um, director of player personnel or, or something like that. Yeah. Um, but there is something else that uh, – another little news tidbit that came out because, you know, the, the football team will host, you know, a coaching clinic – pretty much every year. Um, they're going to do that again in March, I think the 12th and the 13th on LSU's campus. Uh, but this time, uh, they're gonna, they invited Hall of Famer running back Marcus Allen to, to come down and help coach a clinic. And I don't know why, when I, I just saw these two news items like back-to-back in the same, this past week, and I thought, now that would be completely out of the blue because there is a tie there because you know coach O coached at USC which is where Marcus Allen went and John Robinson was there I believe he was Marcus Allen's coach and John Robinson is on staff at LSU now that would be major if Marcus Allen came came to coach the running backs I I know that's not what's happening it's just a coincidence they're inviting him to come coach at this coaching clinic but I just thought wow that would be amazing because how many, how many guys can say they were coached by a Hall of Fame NFL running back? Um, but yeah, I, I'm not even a, a football coach, but I would want to go check out that clinic just to, just to see this, yeah. this, this NFL great Heisman Trophy winner. Um, my goodness, Marcus Allen. Uh, I don't know if you guys are down there in Able. I would go check it out because he's amazing. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm not officially a coach, but uh, sometimes yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but I might be able to swing it. I'm not sure. If, I'm not sure if they'll let you in. I don't know if you have to like for seventy dollars. You can show your. I don't. Do you have to show your badge, or can I just say like I'm a coach in my mind? I, you know, I play a lot of NCAA, so I think that qualifies. Uh, I think that qualifies. I've been a head coach. I've been a recruiter. You know, on the on the PlayStation Three. So. Uh, who knows? I might just have to make my appearance at the LSU Football 2020 Coaches Clinic. I will say this. If you do that, it would include a barbecue social on Thursday night and a crawfish boil on Friday evening. So, I mean, if you think about it, if you just went out for those two meals. That's basically $70. Exactly. But you don't so, get to hang out with Bo Pelini when you're just Or Marcus Allen. No, you Marcus don't. Allen. Yeah. yeah. You could rub yeah. elbows with both of those guys. <laughs> yeah. Huh. <laughs> Anyway, well, stay tuned to the Talking Tigs because your boy might be uh, might be making an appearance at the uh, at the coaches clinic, though he's not a coach. <laughs> That's okay. Um, I know plenty of lawyers that don't practice, but they still call themselves lawyers. You know, I mean, once you get the degree, uh, that's all that matters. Uh, but anyway, uh, did you guys have any? Uh, oh, I did see one bit of news, but I don't want to see if you guys had anything else uh, in Tiger World that, that you wanted to mention. Uh, the only thing I wanted to say was a uh, shout out to uh, Elias Ricks, LSU recruit, who uh, responded to our podcast tweet last week, especially with the picture of Tommy and him. So 
it got, oh. I'm pretty sure, the most uh, impressions and engagements we've ever had on one tweet. So thank you to Elias, uh, who we can now technically call friend of the pod. So uh, go follow him on Twitter, uh, at EliasRicks2020. <laughs> yeah, yeah I mean, definitely. He's, a, he's officially my best friend. Move over, Daniel. Sorry. <laughs> uh, me and Elias go way back to a couple days ago on Twitter. And uh, no, but really, it was that was awesome, you know. And uh, I'm glad that a lot of the a lot of the listeners out there started engaging, you know, kind of um, got a lot of you know traffic on that on that post. So it was real cool to meet him. Hopefully, get to meet you know more players in the future, and um, and you know maybe some coaches at this coaches clinic. So <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, so the only other thing that I I wanted to mention was um, Mondo Duplantis, who was uh, on the LSU track and field team. Uh, and brother of former baseball player Antoine Duplantis uh, set a world record in the um, pole vault this week. And if you think this sounds like a repeat, like we did this news last week, it's not. He just broke his own record again. So I just that had to be mentioned, A, because of, you know, he's, he's Tiger family, but also just the, like, what are the odds of someone breaking their own world record uh, like a week apart, basically. And I think the guy's like 20. <laughs> so uh, shout out to him, because that's, uh, that's, pretty, that's pretty incredible. Anyway, uh, I don't know. Do you guys, did you guys have anything, uh, anything else you wanted to mention before we wrap it up here? Oh, uh, we do that as well. Yeah, okay. you know. Yeah, I think, I think that's about it. Right on. Well, it sounds like that'll do it for us. Um, we'll, we'll talk to you next week. Who knows what else is going to come out? Um, could be some – well, obviously we'll have some more, uh, some more basketball and some more baseball news to report because both of those teams will be playing this week. And uh, who knows what else is going to happen. It's, uh, you never can tell in this, uh, in this fast-paced news world. Um, but hopefully we'll have some, um, some news coming out of that, that coaching clinic. Tommy can – Tommy can get some pictures with some of these guys, and just we can just ride that off into the sunset. <laughs> but uh, until that happens, uh, stay tuned with us. We'll have some uh, some more good news for you next week. An exciting pod. So have a good week. Enjoy yourselves, and tune in next time to Talking Ticks. Go Tigers! Duplantis and Tyron Matthew have in common? What? They both got really high. Oh, really? Oh, man. <laughs> you can oh, we, can cut that. we can cut that one. Just cut that, yeah. <laughs> Omaha.